Quasa Dibug, Comment les affaires? I'm Herman Fusilier. This is Cajun and Creole Talk. Salvar writes and sings in Cajun French in a land far away from her Virginia roots. Her love for Louisiana led to a landmark book in 1984, Cajun Music, A Reflection of a People. The book highlights songs and rare interviews with legends in Cajun, Creole, and Zodico music. Anne shares exciting news. A second edition of her book is on the horizon. That and more with Anne Salvar on this edition of Cajun and Creole Talk. Anne Savoy with us on Cajun and Creole Talk. And Anne is the author of one of my favorite books, Cajun Music, A Reflection of a People. I've probably been having my copy at least 20 years. Uh, and the pages are falling out. I have notes in the back, but it's such a treasure. One, one of my favorite books uh, out of all the books I have, and I have a lot of them. I'd like to thank you for doing it. And just... Thanks again. <laughs> it's such a great resource. It's helped me in my writing career, music career. I still refer to it a lot. Just the, the interviews are great. And so many of the musicians you interviewed are no longer with us anymore, which really touches my heart. So how did this book come about? I'm, I don't really think anybody in that book still alive. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I can, nothing, it's amazing. Um, uh, this book came about um, because I was traveling with Mark my husband Mark Savoy a lot on the road playing Cajun music. And because all the songs are in French everywhere we were, people would say, what are you singing about? What are you mm -hmm. singing about? So I thought, well, let me just put out a songbook. But then when I started thinking about it, I realized that that didn't make sense. It, it needed the people in there too, and the people who had made these songs and this music. Yeah. So it grew into a massive tome, which is about 500 pages long, I believe. And then... Um, it was really fun. Like I'd go to interview people about the great songs they had written or, or put out in this book. And then they would say, well, I've got some pictures of that. And they had all these amazing old photographs and boxes and that told the story better than anything. So I realized it had to be visual besides mm -hmm. just hearing the songs and seeing the translations of the songs. And um, so that's sort of what set it all off. It just coming here I was so intrigued with this culture and I wanted to do something for it. And so I thought, let me do this. This will help the younger generation, you know, I'll give them a resource, you know. Yeah. And expand on that a little bit. I, I think of you as being a native Louisianian, but you're not. You're... I'm not from here. I came here in 1976. So I've actually lived here longer than I lived in Richmond, Virginia. That's where I'm from. That's your, mm -hmm. And uh, I met Mark at Wolf Trap. Mark Savoy, my husband, he was playing up there to fe the National Folk Festival. And he said, you have to come to Louisiana and visit. And I visited and that was it. I was, I was uh, totally, I fell in love with Mark and Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. We're grateful for it because, I mean, you've done so much since you've been here. And again, the book is just fantastic. Do you, do you, uh, you mentioned it's a song book, which is really a first for Cajun music. And you have a section for Creole and Zodico. But I don't remember that being done before, before this book. No, that's true. It wasn't. Now, there was a, in 1932, Irene Therese Whitfield put out a, a Cajun songbook that had a little bit of everything in it, but it didn't have interviews and photographs, so it didn't become kind of more anthropological, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a wider portrait 
her book was a songbook, truly. But um, I, I just, when I, everything started unfolding in front of me. And then I'm also a photographer, so I love photographing all the artists, too. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess it just grew and grew and grew. And I imagine a lot of these artists hadn't been interviewed a lot before because I'm thinking of Clifton Chenier, the King of Zydeco, uh, in recent years, Todd Mouton did a book, but one of the things he discovered, there weren't a lot of interviews out there with him. You know, this man has won a Grammy, has music in the Grammy Hall of Fame, fans all over the world, but just sit down interviews, so to speak, he hadn't really done a whole lot of those. That's a good point, Herman. You know, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And he, he was a little hard to get an interview with. But in the end, he was just so much fun. He was a good friend of Mark's. That's the reason I got the interview. My husband, Mark mm -hmm. Savile, was friends mm -hmm. with a lot of these Gajan artists, yeah. which opened the door to me because it was sort of like, well, what do you want to interview me for? <laughs> they were paranoid in a way. It was sort of like, I guess they had situations where they, some of them felt they weren't the kind of people to, you know, important enough to be interviewed or something. And to me, they were so important. So I guess it's sort of a way of paying honor, isn't it, to interview yeah. somebody? Yeah. But they, they didn't understand it at first. It was like, what do you want? What is this about? Yeah. But then they were thrilled when they saw the result. How long did it take you to do it? That first book took 10 years, and volume two is almost ready. It's oh. going to come out in December, I hope. That's my goal. Okay. And that has taken too many years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, this book came out in 1984. Okay. So go count it up. It's how many years? 20 20 some years yeah, yeah. maybe so, more maybe 30 yeah. years since the last one came out yeah, so we've been waiting a long time but the, the wait is almost over sounds like I, I got burned out after doing it and I, I started collecting really right after this came out for volume two and had this massive amount of material and suddenly I was just like I was traveling I had four children you know I had things I, I was tired so I put it in a box and said I'll let my kids finish this future generation <laughs> But then all these younger kids came up to me later, like recently, and were like, we'll help you if you put the book out. Like um, a lot of the, my, my own children and um, the, revel, the revelers, the Red Stick Ramblers at the time helped me a lot, and a young yeah. woman, Molly Farr, and they just came in and took charge. They were kind of taking charge, like, come on, Miss Ann, get this book out. <laughs> so that's really what stirred me into action again. Do you have a favorite story, a favorite interview from the original book? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not really sure if I have a favorite. There, there are interviews in there by other people besides me, which yeah. I was very interested in because it wasn't me doing it. You know, it's mm -hmm. sort of like the old Joe Falcon interview yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. The Clifton Chenier interview was really interesting. I did an interview with Clifton. I think I have two in there. Was the other one by Ben Sandmill? I think so, yes. Yeah, the yes. two interviews with Clifton, and I, I was fascinated to see other people's questions. You know, when you talk to people, it's from your angle. It's how you see right. life. So, right, yeah. Um, I can't really say I had a favorite. I think my favorite photos on the cover of the book which is Joe Falcon and Cleoma Falcon. This looks like it's real washed out and light. They're almost like ghosts. Mm -hmm. And this just so to see such a delicate looking woman with her beautiful pearl inlaid guitar and to hear her, she's like such a powerhouse when you hear her records. And her with her husband, of course, that inspired me being a woman, Cajun musician with my husband playing. And so they were kind of my icons, you know. Yeah, so definitely inspiration for you. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things struck me, uh, one of the all-time greats, Nathan Apshire isn't in the book, but you have a page with his picture, but it was the, the family requested not to be in it, but it was kind of goes back to the folklore. Some people believe what when you die, 
the records and pictures and everything else should die with you. Is that that pretty much happened in, in that circumstance? Well, actually, Nathan did used to say that. Nathan Upshur did used to say that. Did you know he used to say that, or did you just come up with it? No, no, I didn't oh, know amazing. he used to say that. He yeah, actually I, said heard that other he, people he thought this say music that. should die with him. And yeah. that's it. But um, what happened was his wife had been apparently taken advantage of financially by record companies, or so she thought. I don't oh. know. That, I don't think it actually happened, but I don't really know. And so she was a little bit paranoid. And so I got Floyd Swallow to go with me to her house. This was after Volume 1 came out. And she totally opened up. And then I got the whole story. So in Volume 2, there's a huge chapter on Nathan Absher for all wow. of you Nathan Absher fans out there. And I have the only other existing photograph of Amade Ardwan. Oh, my You'll goodness. You'll be interested in hearing yes, that. Yes, indeed. I always heard there was another one. But yeah. where it was or where it is these days, I don't know. But it'll, it'll be in the book. I know. I have it in my lockbox. And yeah. it's going to be in the book. So yeah. we'll have it. The world will have it. And we're recording this at uh, the St. Landry Parish Visitor Center. And out front, we have a statue of Amadeo Ardouin. And uh, you write about him in, in your book, The Cajun Musical Reflection of a People. Can you talk a little bit about his impact? And your husband, Mark, I know, has talked about him a lot and plays his music. But just Amadeo on so many levels just inter uh, influenced what, what's happening in the day. Cajun music, Zotico, Creole, you name it. I know. It's interesting because he's an African-American man, and when you hear C the word Cajun, it's always, you know, the African-Americans in general don't play Cajun music. Right, they right. play a whole other kind of thing. Yeah. And um, he had such a profound influence by the songs he recorded. Everybody, there were some of the greatest Cajun records. The very first records that came out of what became Cajun music were recorded by Amade. Mm -hmm. um, Irie Lejeune, one of our greatest accordion players, learned his music from Amade. Austin Pete learned his music from Amade Ardwin. And so it's just, they had this, these old 78 records and they'd play them and it just became the music of the dance hall. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that was interesting to me that it was an African-American man who did those songs. But another thing that was interesting is he played with a Cajun, Dennis McGee, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the two of them, you know, would go together in dance halls and play. Yeah. And that was also a unique thing yeah. to see these two cultures m m coming together and creating some of the right. greatest Cajun music there ever was. Yeah. At a time when segregation was the law of the land, but it, it, it didn't matter with Amade and Dennis McGee. They, they played everywhere together. They were very, very dear friends besides playing music together, yes. Yeah. So what else can we expect in the new book? I'm looking forward to that picture of Amade, but what else do, do you have coming for us? Well, it's got a lot of the great early people. Of course, I'm such a fanatic, and you are too probably, that if I name who's in there, nobody will know what I'm talking about. But it's Dewey Segura, yeah. um, um, Austin Pete. Angelas Lejeune, um, I can't think of it. I've just seen you know, a lot, a lot of artists. And uh, Happy Fats, Doc Guidry. Um, anyway, another. it's even bigger than this book. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to narrow it down. Yeah. But it's going to be another great bunch of people with their whose music is my fav my personal favorite music. Okay. Ed Poulard's going to be in there. Nice. Um, um, Nathan. And Zadiko Cha Chas, I interviewed him. Nice. You know, I don't know, lots of Danny Poulard. Yeah. So just like before, uh, the title says Cajun music, but you get into Creole and Zadiko too. And, yeah, and I put a subtitle volume. on this next one. I, I sh really should have had it on this one. I, I just consider it all to just be all French music, you know. But on this one at the bottom, I have it says includes Creole and Zydeco. Mm -hmm. I had to add that because I have to call it the same thing because it's volume two. Yeah. You know, so yeah. 
But yeah, I did put that word on the next cover. Great, great. Well, Anne, thank you so much. It's a, it's a treasure. Now that I know it's coming in December, I'm going to hold you to it because I'm looking forward to it. I've and said I, it live. Yeah, and I know that a lot of other people are looking forward to it, too. So thank you so much. It's a, it's a treasure for me, and I look forward to part two, Cajun Music, A Reflection of a People. Thanks, Herman. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Hope you enjoyed our visit with Anne Savoie on Cajun Creole Talk, executive producer Nick Poulos. I'm Herman Fuselay, and if you'd like to help in this effort or, or just say hello, write us at Cajun and Creole Talk, P.O. Box 653, Opelousas, Louisiana, 70570. Bien, merci pour écouter et soyez vous Thanks for listening and take care.